Well sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Stinking Paul's podcast with Scott, with Paul. We're on lockdown. We're on Skype. Hello, mate. <laughs> Good afternoon. This is a bit different. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because for years and years, we recorded here at my house. And then for about 18 months, we went to your flat. And now we're both like in the same locations, but over Skype because of things that are going on in the world, basically. <laughs> yeah, for those of you... Unaware, we're recording this probably on about day five of lockdown, aren't we? Yeah, we're still in the Four first five. week. Yeah, we've still got... Officially, they're going to review it, I think, for Easter Monday, I think, that is the three-week cut-off date. Uh, but even then, it could be extended. So this might go yeah. on. This could be a regular thing. Well, let's hope uh, the, the quality isn't lessened <laughs> by us being apart. <laughs> The sound quality is okay. It's, it's it's just the fact I can't see you. You can see me. But there's always something goes wrong with Skype every time I've ever recorded on the bloody thing. Well, we'll do our best. Yes. Yeah. Now, with that in mind, we're, we're just going to sort of do business as normal. It's just going to be me and you at the moment. No Liam again this week. Uh, certainly no Charlie. But we're going to record two shows this afternoon. It's early. Hopefully not going to be so alcohol influenced because we're apart. Um, <laughs> are you drinking? Uh, um, I might have some uh, <laughs> Go on. some new new Amsterdam American vodka. Oh, I'm on the, I'm on the lager at the moment, so uh, uh, we'll, we'll just see how we go. It won't be a drunken mess. Let's let's put it that way. So. With that in mind, we have selected a movie today. In fact, you have selected. It's your choice. What are we doing today? Well, trying to keep surprising you, uh, I went back to 1963. <laughs> yeah. And it's the original The Pink Panther. Back after this. chance the picture called the pink panther who's in it oh it's david niven and peter sellers how is he in the picture 
rolls them in the aisle, eh? We must find that woman. Who else? Capucine? Ah, exquisite. Shall be a moment, my darling. I'll just put on my pajamas. Uh, darling, I, look, I think I put something in my right eye. Let me put no, you I mean the left. No, no, this one. You I don't told come you, in but, the light, darling. But, darling, but it hurts. I see Robert Wagner's in it too. And what is your impression of that new Italian star, Claudia Cardinale? Well, are you? What? What they call you, the Virgin Queen. I'm not the Queen. <laughs> That's only half an answer. I was six when I went on my first safari. Frazari. Wild animal hunt. Oh, sir. What are you looking at now? Are those the bedroom scenes? Aha, they are, aren't they? Come on, don't be so selfish. There's hiding under the bed. Uh, George, oh. Well, that's more like Now, you should be ashamed of yourself. Oh, I'm planning on it. Why should anybody want me to go to Brunico? No! Dad. No! I'm so sorry, I was trying to kiss your foot. No, it's all right, my Let dear. Let me kiss your no, face. it's all right. I understand that the picture features the music of Henry Mancini. And introduces Fran Jeffries. Meglio stasera, che domani, oh my. Domani, chi lo sa, perché sarà. some idea of what takes place in the picture. Look Unfortunate, Mr. I'm sorry, I'm afraid I didn't get the name. Pink Panther, released in March 1964 in the USA. It's registered here on IMDb as a 1963 movie, so I'm assuming we got it a couple of months beforehand, mate. Directed by Blake Edwards, starring, of course, Peter Sellers, David Niven, Robert Wagner. Um, Capuchin is in there. I'm sure that's how you pronounce it. I did wonder, because <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure there's a monkey called a Capuchin. There's a, there's a Capuchin monkey. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Cappuccino, but Capuchin, I think, is Italian for nasturtium, the flower. Okay. I'll tell you the story of Capuchin a bit later. Brenda DeBanzi, famous English actress, is in it. There's, there's a lot of English faces, John the Measurer and um, a few guys like that that crop up in this. 
Uh, we were tempted to put this forward as a British movie for Real Britannia because it almost counts, but it is more hot than, than UK. Mm. Uh, the synopsis, according to IMDb, the bumbling Inspector Cluzo travels to Rome to catch a notorious jewel thief known as the Phantom before he conducts his most daring heist yet, a princess's priceless diamond with one slight imperfection known as the Pink Panther. And, of course, Claudia Cardinal is in it as well, which we need to mention as well. Was this the yeah. movie you thought it was? Yes. Oh, it was. Okay, because when you went back to 1963 and picked the first Pink Panther movie, I'm thinking, Paul thinks it's the return of the Pink Panther, the one that was made about 1976, the one where he gets a bit over the top, not realising it's this original one. But you were fully aware what one this was then, the original Yeah, one. yeah, I knew it was the one with David Niven in. Brilliant. So you'd seen um, it before? Yeah, I, I can remember a lot of the Pink Panther films being on when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, in hindsight, mm-hmm. probably I could have chosen one of the other ones, which <laughs> might have been uh, a little better. Oh, see, I quite like this one. It's not my favourite, but I like it because it's it's got David Niven and John LeMessurier and people like that in it. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. Um, oh, I did. I, don't get me wrong. I I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the the latter ones where the character I think is more developed um, yeah. are much funnier and okay, sometimes stupidly funny, but still <laughs> funny none the same. There's some good indications of how he's going to develop in this, though, isn't he? Because oh yeah, there there's not many serious scenes with Cluso in this at all. He's he's, he's slightly more serious. And a bit more mature in this one. He certainly hasn't got the outrageous French accent in this, has he? <laughs> <laughs> the, the pet minky. Yeah. <laughs> but it's there. All the elements are there that, you know, are going to lead up to the next half a dozen or so movies. What did yeah, you think? There's a lot of them. Mm. I didn't realise there were so many. He, he one, wasn't two, even three, in a four, five, six, seven, eight yeah. proper ones. Well, and then they started. Mm. With Steve Martin. Yeah, but also in the middle of that, I think the third or the fourth, about 1968, what one's that? The third one. There's a shot in the dark after this. Yeah, then Inspector Clouseau. Right, Inspector Clouseau, he's actually Alan Arkin playing yeah. the character. Yeah. So then when it's uh, the return of the Pink Panther, which I think is the next one, 75, yep. 76, something like that, that's when yep. it goes a bit more outrageous. That's the one with Christopher Plummer playing Charles right. Lytton and... I think it's the one where he's the the the, the telephone repairman and he breaks the door buzzer and keeps driving mm. the car into the swimming pool and I like yeah. this one. I like this one. It's a caper. That that's it. It's a it's a crime caper with a little bit more humour than most. Oh yeah. But it it you wouldn't really cast this as comedy film if you know what i mean it's not an out and out comedy all the time because i mean all the scenes where cluso isn't in that they're not that humorous i mean there's obviously all the bedroom scenes are but um yeah yeah the adjoining doors in hotels (laughs) thankfully never ever stayed in one that has them because (laughs) that's all kinds of weird isn't it yeah a typical sort of trope of these sort of comedy movies. It's a, quite a unique genre, isn't it? It's one of those bizarre things that probably only existed in the 60s where you get quite a big, you know, cast list 
quite some big stars. I mean, David Niven, absolutely huge, you know. But it is sort of this mixture of light entertainment, definitely comedy, but there's no, there is no sort of serious element to this movie whatsoever, <laughs> even in the so-called serious parts. It's yeah, still yeah. it's still light in tone, isn't it? And also a trope in this. You, you, when did all this stop? Everything breaks for a song. Yeah, that um, the, the song at the party. Yeah. It's and Peter Sellers is dancing, which was fucking hilarious. Whether he meant it to be or not, I don't know. But, but yeah. dad, dad dancing at his best. Yeah. But that sort of happened in every every movie had to have a song. Yeah. Saying that, the um, Laurel and Hardy one that we watched a few we months said ago, that, didn't we? Sons of the Desert. This is what reminded me. You know that throughout the thirties and the forties, there was always like a musical interlude. But it's still sort of carried on. And it's because every every movie had to have a theme tune or a song or something. This has got probably one of the most famous theme tunes in the world. Yes. Um, but, um, you know, like the Bond, theme, Bond films always had to have a specific song. Um, let's talk about the theme. Let's, let's just talk about the theme tune for the, for the start, you know, because it's one of the first things we see. It sets the template for all the other movies. It's one of the most iconic pieces of music, certainly movie-related, ever. Mancini, wasn't it? It is Henry Mancini, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I actually queried um, what came first, mm. the animation of Pink Panther or the films sort of thing. So, because I grew up watching Pink Panther cartoons yeah. Saturday, Sunday morning on yeah, the TV. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, the, the very first time you see the Pink Panther is on the opening credits to this film. And then it, it grew into a TV series from that. I was going to say oh. that, yeah. I didn't think the, the cartoon was original. Um, if you remember, the cartoon series had Inspector Cluso in his own little five-minute sketches as well, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It developed as the years went on, and they had other little characters in there doing their own bit. Yeah. But, yeah, and remember the Pink Panther car? I had one of those. The, I had a toy one of those. credits yeah, as well. Yeah, I had a toy one of those. Yeah, and, and all from... A single piece of music and some artists quick drawing because it, it wasn't it's not a spectacular bit of animation that's basic it's, isn't it yeah. but yeah. from that grew well quite a business i already imagined a very profitable franchise i'm assuming yeah yeah um i was actually going to reintroduce our old segment of foreplay to this episode um mm. But it only sort of came to came to my mind last night that we could have spent twenty minutes at the top of the show discussing our four most iconic pieces of film music or something. That would certainly be up there, wouldn't it? It's, it's instantly recognisable. It is. I think if you're going down that road, then Jaws yeah. would be another one. Yeah. Just those few notes of Yeah. <laughs> the simple stuff, isn't it? That's the most iconic. Yeah. And it even leads to Hundreds of schoolboy school jokes about dead ants as well, if you remember right. So what did you think of it this time round then? You're saying it wasn't as funny or as enjoyable, did you say, as some of the later entries? Yeah, I mean, it, it's 
it's probably been a good 20-odd years since I've seen this particular one all the way through. Yeah. It was enjoyable. It wasn't one that totally captured my attention. Did you um, drift off a bit towards, I, I'm going I'm to predict here, the fancy dress party? Yeah, I actually <laughs> thought that was funny at bits, especially when the um, two officers in the zebra uniform <laughs> were very close. I'll have your stripes. <laughs> so did you, you laughed out loud at that, didn't you? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> See, me and you have got, we have got the same sense of humour and we, we're, we're constantly mocked for our liking of so-called dad jokes and things like that. And that's the sort of thing that we, we both laugh at. Yeah, I mean, I've seen this countless times and probably watched it only a year or two ago. Because I think I started watching them all in sequence a couple of years back, you know, doing the whole lot. And um, it, when it gets to that party scene, I find, myself, find my mind wandering up to, up to that point. I'm I'm fine. But it's not a particularly long film, so it's not as if it's hit the 90-minute mark and I've had enough. I don't know why. I don't know why. But then you get this extended car chase as well, which actually, if you were to take that out of the movie and just watch it on its own, it's hilarious. It's just a standalone piece of great cinema. But I don't know. Was it? Would you find it difficult to judge not only the tone but the pacing of the movie going from sort of the slapstick to the semi-serious. Yeah, it was quite a strange combination at times. Like, it, it didn't quite know what it was mm-hmm. uh, in genre-wise, because, yeah, it's it's a comedic film, um, but it's also a caper, but it's also very, very slapstick at times. So, yeah, it was. I think they were possibly trying to please too many audiences at once. Yeah, as I say, I think it's quite a unique genre that there's quite a few movies like this at the time. I can't think of any off the top of my head at this particular moment, but we're familiar with that sort of genre, that type of movie, aren't we, where it's it's just generally light-hearted all the way through without taking yeah, itself I too s- seriously. I suppose you could compare it to films sort of a bit like, I know it's totally different, but... Uh, those magnificent men yes. in their flying machines and uh, top carpy and sort of uh, it, it's sort of the great a meld of them. Yeah, yeah, the great race and even the Italian job. I mean, how I know you weren't a fan of it this time round, but that certainly does not take itself seriously at all. But it's not an out and out comedy. Mm. So yeah, I could see where we're going with that. Any particular favourite scenes? I mean. <laughs> Obviously, anything with Peter Sellers in it is going to be notable. Just his ability, his his comedy timing is so great. (laughs) Um, Just the where they're in the, um, I think it was one of the parties, and they're over that heater or round that heater, (laughs) and and he he just sort of gets a bit stressed and he puts his hands on the heater, (laughs) and I I didn't even sort of. I didn't look at the scene thinking he's going to do that. I, mm. I was oblivious to it until he done it, which makes it funnier. <laughs> uh, and it's just his his violin playing. In which, bed, yeah. <laughs> do we ever oh, get that again in any other movies? I don't think we do, do we? I don't think we ever... Because this is the only movie that he's married. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because he's a single guy living with Kato in quite a few of them, yeah. isn't he? Even the next one, I don't think he's actually married. I don't think we see much of his home life at all until the Kato ones. But our introduction to him, I think, if I remember rightly, was him in the office and he's spinning the globe and then leans on the globe and goes flying. <laughs> That's our yeah. first introduction to him. Yes, yeah, as, as just as if to say, if you didn't know already, he's a buffoon. <laughs> And the amount of times he refers to Capuchin as darling, my love, my darling, my <laughs> every other word, you know. Supporting cast, David Niven. David Niven, he's just, just the brilliant English gentleman, bit of a rogue in most films he plays. Yeah, perfect role um, for him here, I think. Yeah, he never seems to age. He always looks that kind of age. He never looked young. I don't think I've seen him looking young. No, even in things like um, those old 30s things he was in, like The Prisoner of Zender and and those, he still looked like a 50-year-old man. Yeah. Mm. And then even up to the 80s, the late 70s and the 80s, where, you know, he'd always appear on Parkinson and things like that. He looks exactly as he does here, just his hair was a bit whiter. That's all, yeah. Uh I didn't particularly like Robert Wagner in this. Annoying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's his character. It was this brash American mm. who thinks every he deserved everything. But, um, see, I quite like him in other stuff. And as he's got older, he, he occasionally drops into NCIS, which I watch. Oh, is he still going? Yeah, he's still going. Really? And then you can remember him in... Um, heart to Heart. Heart to Heart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who could forget that? Um, I like David Niven anyway. He's always been one of my favourite actors. And he could do drama and he could do comedy equally well. But he is just so quintessentially British, isn't he? That's the thing with him. Yes. Yeah, if you ever wanted to cast in those decades and be English person... yeah. The only, the only man I know that could have that smoking jacket and look, and look cool, you know, him and George Suttle, that sort of guy, you know, that's, it's, it's an age long gone, isn't it? You know, look at him in, you know, after he's broken his leg and he gets invited to the dinner party, he wears a red tuxedo jacket. <laughs> the man's just oozes charm and coolness, doesn't he? It's just, it's just a shame we don't see it anymore. Female cast members. Now then, we've got the princess. Yes. Played by Claudia Cardinale, one of the most beautiful actresses in the world. Um, definitely. I was a little confused. Go on, by... I was gonna I was gonna ask you this. Go on, what what nationality is she? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> in the very first scenes when she's the little princess getting gifted the diamond, mm-hmm. she's very much Indian looking. Yes. Yeah, I would say she was Indian. And yet she's white. She's actually Italian, isn't she? Claudia Cardinale, if I remember rightly. Um, and towards the end, she wears some sort of almost Indian-type sari costume as well. Yeah. At one point. But yeah, I, she's I actually Italian. They, they could have got away with giving that to an Indian actress. But these are the days when things like that didn't happen, mate, did they? That's the thing. You know, it never, it never, you know, would have occurred to them. It's just like, okay, Claudia Cardinale has got this swarthy complexion. You know, she'd always play a Mexican in the westerns or something like that. So it's just it's just the age of this movie, unfortunately. 
Um, she is Italian Tunisian. So very Mediterranean, certainly not Indian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nowhere near it. <laughs> but again, she was the token beauty in a lot of these movies. She, she is stunning. Yeah. Stunning woman. Still uh, as, strong, still alive. Yeah, and as was uh, Cappuccine. Cappuccine. Tragic story, Cappuccine. I won't tell you the full story, but you'll have to look it up. She ended up... Um, no, I have read it. You know yes, the story, she, yeah. yeah. Committed suicide, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And again, she was... I think she was spotted as... I think she was a model. Um, and some famous director or producer spotted her and gave her a part in a movie. And she would appear in all of these international movies. Because this is an international movie, isn't it? When you think you've got... You've got your Brits there with David Niven and Peter Sellers. You've got the American with Robert Wagner. You've got Italian Claudia Cardinale. So it's quite an international cast. Blake Edwards, American director. She would appear as like the exotic love interest in a lot of these international movies. And, and talking of international movies as well, this, <laughs> this is the era of... It's just before people were going away on package holidays and, and jet travel and stuff like that. So you'd always get a movie that was set in Switzerland or the Mediterranean. It'd be down in Cannes or Monte Carlo or mm. you'd always have a caper set in some far offshore, you know, that you'd look and think, oh, I'd love to be able to go there. Like the Bond yeah. movies done that quite successfully, didn't they? They'd always pick a different location to, to pitch a Bond movie. I know you like a bit of trivia, Mm. When we look at these movies, I'm going to have a little look on IMDb, see if there's anything, anything that tickles our fancy. Because I know you like that sort of stuff, don't you? You, you generally yeah, sort of trawl through them, don't you? That's why I looked up about um, Cappuccino. Yeah. Well, there we go. Cappuccino wasn't the original, um, the original choice to play Mrs. Sellers or Mrs. Clouseau. It was Ava Gardner. Oh, okay. So massive yeah. star, massive star was the, you know the original choice there. The film was intended to have David Niven's character as the main character, but Peter Sellers' portrayal of Clouseau was so loved by the crew it became the character of the film, and the sequels focused on him from then on. Which is true, they did. It became an Inspector Clouseau movies afterwards, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. It was not so much about the criminal in there; it was always about him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as the movies develop over the years, the focus is, is solely on Clouseau and the stuff that goes on around him rather than Clouseau coming to sort something out. It was uh, a really big box office hit. Can you Considering, what, 63, 64, it made $10.9 million. That's a which, lot, yeah. That is a hell of a lot back then, especially for just a comedy or caper. Yeah, but it's it's a big international movie, as I say. Blake Edwards, I think, had done Breakfast at Tiffany's at this point. Right, okay. You no, know, he was quite a big big director. You've got some famous people. You know, when you say, like, you've got David Niven, Peter Sellers was, was riding high at this point. So, yeah, I could see it being like a big summer movie. Even though it wasn't released in the summer, as we found out at the beginning, but you know what I mean. It's it's like cluster of the year. I could see that. Just running through this trivia, Claudia Cardinale, as we were talking about, couldn't actually speak any English, so her voice really? was dubbed. Yeah. What? <laughs> you wouldn't have thought that, would you? It didn't sound quite right, but you could see that she's speaking English. Yeah. 
Oh, that is really surprising. <laughs> How about this one? In the bath scene with Cappuccino and Robert Wagner, yeah? Mm. An industrial-strength foaming agent was used, which burned both the star's skin. Wagner, <laughs> who was completely immersed at one point, became blind for four weeks. Wow. <laughs> Health and safety? Yeah, can you imagine that happening now? Jesus. Oh, that must have delayed filming a little. <laughs> Hopefully it might have been one of the last things they recorded with him, but it blinded him for a month. What the heck were they using? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Clouseau's violin playing is an homage to the most famous violin playing detective of all time, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and wait for this. In the Dark, the second one, mm, was yeah. released only three months after this movie. No. It must have been that successful. They've ra- like rattled it out straight away. How the only thing I can think of, if it was released in March in the USA, right, 64, mm. it's classed as a 1963 movie. So we must have got it at least sort of like late 63. Yeah. Mm. So they could have started making it early 64 before it even got released in the US. Yeah. And then by the time the US got this first one, it would have been the summer. The, the, the second one would have been ready anyway. That's the only thing I can think of. S- strange thing is, it was four years after that that they done Inspector Clouseau, and as you say, that wasn't um, Peter Sellers. It was Alan Arkin. But the next Peter Sellers film, which was Return of the Pink Panther, wasn't until seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, but that was it. He wasn't going to play anymore. He was just sort of coaxed out of Clouseau retirement. To play him again in 75, because Alan Arkin, you know, there was only the two movies, wasn't there, with Peter Sellers mm. to start with. Alan Arkin makes this this hash attempt at playing Inspector Clouseau in the late 60s. And that was going to be it. There wasn't going to be any more Peter Sellers Clouseau movies until the 70s, where he was, you know, encouraged to do it. And Blake, Blake Edwards came up with this brilliant script. And that is actually one of my favourites, actually, Return of the Pink Panther, that one. I do like that one. Do you know there was one that wasn't made? One that wasn't made. I know there was one that was made after Sellers died, wasn't there? So you had Return of the Pink Panther, you had Pink Panther Strikes Again, Revenge of the Pink Panther, and then there's one called Romance of the Pink Panther. Okay. It was to be the sixth film in the franchise to be written by Peter Sellers. (laughs) Right, yeah. But due to hostility between Sellers and Edwards, Edwards would not have directed the film. Two drafts were written before Sellers' death, each with different endings. Shortly afterwards, it was suggested that Dudley Moore should play Clouseau. (laughs) But Blake Edwards chose to introduce a new character in the series to replace Clouseau. Oh, there you go. Because the trail of the Pink Panther was made after he died. It was made up of all sort of outtakes, wasn't it? And Mm. um, stuff that was never used. And then they bring back people like Capuchin and uh, David Niven film separate yes. scenes don't they do you remember they'll get people from the old movies to come back it Going says back- tr- trial was a critical and commercial failure it's it's not a good movie because it's cobbled together but the actual scenes that feature sellers the stuff that had never been used before there's some really funny bits you have to just mm. ignore all the bits that link it together they'd have been better off just bringing out those as a separate you know a dvd extras type thing 
but they mm. managed to cobble together a whole movie out of it. Just going back to Claudia Cardinale, first choice to play the princess, Audrey Hepburn. So, yeah, I can very much see yeah. that. Yeah, this, well, that must be because of Breakfast at Tiffany's and Blake, Blake Edwards, you know, working with her before. Looking back, I don't think this would have been the right film for her. I think she, she was a bit classier than that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think she could play a princess, certainly. Oh, true, yeah. She'll certainly play a princess. Now, I got a little bit of info wrong at the beginning here. I thought Kato doesn't appear until the 70s movies. He actually appears in the second one. This is mm. the only Pink Panther film where Cluso, sorry, this is the only Pink Panther film where Dreyfus does not appear. Herbert Lom, his boss. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and he's, mm. he's one of the funniest characters as well. Oh, they're, Just, they're sort of double act. Yeah, is hilarious. His his frustration at having this bumbling but successful employee. You know, it's <laughs> Herbert Long was great. Herbert Long used to play brilliant villains. You know, he's always a shady mm. sort of Eastern European villain or something. But um, yeah, playing playing a French chief of police, he's in all the others. And, and according to this as well, Cato's in the second one. So I don't remember that, but this is the first one before it becomes what it becomes then. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously, I think they took the good parts from this first film, that the the bits that the public really loved, which was Peter Sellers' sort of tomfoolery, as it were. Yeah, but what happened according to this, the original script, Clouseau, was characterised as a straight, sober, dignified policeman which changed considerably when Peter Sellers <laughs> took over the role. <laughs> and then similarly, David Niven was hoping that the Pink Panther would launch a series of films for him, right? Mm. You know, that character, Charles Litt. Yeah. But because the focus of all the f- future films was placed on Peter Sellers, it never actually happened. But I could have seen that. I could have seen him playing this sort of gentleman thief in a series yeah, of, of movies. Raffles type yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. But it never happened because people took to sellers and it just became something completely different some of the later films there's there is comedy gold in those films mm. I, I say i was i wouldn't say i was disappointed by this film but it didn't have as much good humor in as i sort of remembered mm-hmm. um and possibly like yourself or like you said um i might have been thinking some of the other scenes were in this film, like from the latter ones. Yeah. No, I thought you picked this thinking it was the return of the Pink Panther from 75, 76. No, no, I did you, know. You were fully aware, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Possibly the wrong choice, but... I don't know. See, it's, it's, it's good to go back and look at these and talk about them because we're not going to love every single movie we watch. We've said that yeah. before. Um, but it's, def- it's definitely not one I hate or dislike. No, 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 no. It's, it's not a bad movie. Too. I, I quite like it. I do enjoy it. All right, give it, give it a rating then, just to give us an idea of how much you do or do not like it. I would say about a six. Is that all for you? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's one I'd watch again if it was on TV. Uh, not one I'd go out of my way to watch particularly. Some of the later ones would obviously get eights, seven, eights, nines. Yes, yeah. I'd have thought, yeah. I'm, I'm only going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm only going to go seven. Mm. Because if we were to watch the rest of them, 
I'd say Shot in the Dark would get about a seven, but then Return of the Pink Panther would get an eight or a nine. You know, those those yeah. later seventies ones are, are just pure slapstick, and they're brilliant. The, the Cluso character just develops into something incredible, and I love those later ones. So that's not so bad, mate. That's not so bad. It was good to go back and actually watch this, though. Did you did you find that? Because as you say, it's, it's something again that. You and me being a similar age, we'd have seen on a Saturday evening on BBC quite regularly. It would have been on TV, this movie. Mm. Um, and, and to go back and watch it, it's an interesting reaction you've got, actually, because go back to when you rewatched Italian Job. Mm. After all those years, you had fond memories of it as a kid. Yeah. And you came back so disappointed with your new viewing of it. Totally, yeah. But this yeah, one, it's... It's, it's sort of held up. It's sort of exactly the same as how you remember it, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely one that most of the family could watch. I don't particularly think teens and that would like this. It hasn't um, aged well in that regard, has it? Mm. I, I think you might find sort of kids of about six or seven find it funny with the slapstick parts. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't foresee this being shown a lot on telly. <laughs> No, I mean, it's not mainstream TV anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. That's okay. So we, we're sort of agreeing that it's, it's an enjoyable movie still. It's still Peter Sellers is still the funniest thing in it. Yeah. And and I'd still recommend people watch it. I, I still think people get a lot out of it, actually. People get a lot of enjoyment from this. Yeah, I think it's a good introduction to his character. But um, if, if you were going to say to someone, watch this, you'd probably say to them, watch this and a couple of the others because you see it develop into this stupid French policeman. <laughs> Perhaps we'll have to watch one of the later ones at some point. Yeah, I'd probably and look have forward a, to that. Have a, yeah, have a bit of a comparison and we can then say, right, you know, 10 years down the line, look at yeah. the difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that might be something we can bring up pretty soon. Tell you what, let's take a short break. We're going to be back with what we're watching next time. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, so next time, which will be a lot quicker than we're actually thinking it will be because we're going to be recording it straight after this episode. We're going to jump forward about 13, 14 years and another Spielberg movie. You're fully aware of what it is, obviously, because we're going to be talking about it in just a second. Your initial thoughts when I said we're going to be doing Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Um, Obviously, no, it. Mm-hmm. When did I, you last I, see it? I could not tell you when I last saw it. Okay. And did you watch it on your big, sparkly new TV? I did, okay. with a very, very good quality copy. Excellent. Okay, so you've got the, the best possible viewing experience of it this time round. Yes. Okay, so that will be next time, which will be Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Paul, it's been a bit bizarre, because I can't see you. I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be doing it all again next time. Thank you for being there, mate. I'll see you very soon. See you later, mate. Ta-da.
The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh back your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends With your confidence sinking Positive thinking Helps you on the way, my friend When things look black Try positive thinking Treat every season as spring No glancing back Try positive thinking Trust what tomorrow may bring This crazy world that we live in We'll keep on spinning round But with good, strong, positive thinking We'll get together and life won't let us down Shut up, you ugly bitch Oh, shut up, we enjoy it